Well, I have a podcast for you today on defining your why and doing what lights you up and brings you joy in your life, all whilst managing the juggle of career and motherhood during my chat with successful business coach, Angela Henderson. Welcome to the Working Mama podcast, a show that provides real world tips, tricks and advice to all working mamas on how they can have a career, family and hopefully one day break the glass ceiling. Welcome back to another episode of the Working Mama podcast. Wherever you are, I hope you're doing okay. I know it's pretty tough in different places around the world, particularly here in Australia. And remember, it's okay to not be okay and reach out for help. On today's episode of the Working Mama podcast, I will be honest, I had fangirl moments because I was interviewing Angela Henderson, who is an an international award-winning business coach for women, international keynote speaker and podcaster who helps women in business get all the pieces into place to have consistent five-figure months and then on to six and seven-figure years without burning out in the process. I've been listening to Angela's podcast for quite a while and so I was very excited for her to be on the Working Mama podcast. She's got a great story about how she's built up two businesses all whilst raising a family and living the life that she wants to bring uh, and what brings her joy. So I really hope you enjoy this episode. Love to hear your thoughts and and learnings and key takeaways from it because there are a lot. She's got so many gems of gold in this. Uh, And also I'd love as well if you can just take a few moments out to leave a review or anything like that on the Working Mama podcast. That would be amazing. Also, just quickly, in September, the doors for the Working Mama Village are going to be opening again. And so be sure to get on the wait list because there'll be some exciting things available to you there. So on to today's episode. Welcome, Angela, to the Working Mama podcast. I'm so excited to have you here because, yes, as I said just before we jumped on this call, I am a bit of a fangirl. I do listen to your podcast. So thank you so much for coming on. Goodness me. I'm super excited to be here today. And again, thank you so much for your kind words about the podcast. It's always fun connecting with, uh, you know, amazing humans such as yourself. So I'm glad to be here today. Fantastic. And so for those of you that don't know you, how would you best describe yourself? I mean, listen, I would say that I'm a Canadian, you know, Nutella eating lover of everything pink with a slash of glitter, you know, human really is what it is. Yes, I'm a mom to two amazing humans, uh, Finley John and Chloe Glenella. But I also say to a lot of women, they're not my only, they're only part of my why, not all of my why, right? And it's important for me to say that because I think as moms and working moms are women business or combination of whatever you're doing, because I used to work in corporate too and run the two businesses, is that you, you can be an amazing mother and an amazing woman in business. You can have both, right? So they are part of my why, not all of my why. Uh, but yeah, and who else am I? You know, now I'm a um, international award-winning business consultant and I predominantly work with amazing women around the world to get all those pieces in place for consistent four and five figure months. And then I help them move on to six and seven figure years. But without the burnout, I'm a huge advocate for mental health and reducing the burnout. I'm an ex-mental health clinician of 15 years. So I'm really big about women in particular who wear many hats, regardless of your mother or not. Um, yeah, reducing the, the stress, and reducing the burnout, which is reducing, you know, formal diagnosis to mental health. 
Oh, there's so much in that, which is amazing. And I love how that you say that kids aren't part of your 100% of your why, which I think mm-hmm. is, I love the concept of, of, you know, the golden circle and things. And I love how you say as well that you can have both because there's so mm-hmm. many, so much of society is telling us, no, you've got to have a career or be a mum. You can't have both. And it's great to, and hopefully uh, through today's chat, we'll unpack how you actually can have both. Um, mm-hmm. I'd love to hear how you've had this uh, successful career in, in multiple layers as well. Uh, and I know this morning, actually, I was chatting with a friend. She said she's actually taking two months off work because she's experiencing burnout. Uh, and she said, I'm just exhausted. I need to do it. So it definitely, as a mum, burnout is a, is a real topic. And our numbers, there was some data I was reviewing because I got my, um, I'm with Q Super, who's my, you know, super fund. And they were saying, hey, by the way, there's an increase of your premiums for next year for coverage or whatever. And the information was talking about is the increase of individuals here in Australia um, who are now utilizing the insurance claims more than ever before. And I would say obviously COVID was a huge in, you know, impact to that. But I also think COVID also Uh, allowed people to slow down. And I think when people started to slow down, their body started to slow down in a way too. And I think illness for some presented in very various ways, you know, like you said, burnout and then going, oh my goodness, I've slowed down so much. I actually don't have the motivation to go back. Or some um, people I know in particular, they exhibited symptoms of depression and anxiety for quite a long time, but never really did anything about it. Um, And then obviously COVID, they were able to assess and they were actually, actually, no, I do have formally, you know, formal diagnosis of depression and I really do need to take care of myself but because of the busy it was masked for so long so again it doesn't surprise me that premiums are going up and numbers are going up because people actually in the last 12 to 18 months have had time to start looking at their own well-being yeah and we've also had so much come out of our control you know lockdowns mm-hmm. as we're recording this uh in Brisbane and you're in you're in lockdown so mm-hmm. uh and I know that I've experienced a very long lockdown in Victoria last year so it definitely plays on your mental health and and there's mm-hmm. a lot to it so uh I think it's at this point if you if you're in need go get some help That's 100% um, it's 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 a, definitely a strength if you can reach out um mm-hmm. and actually seek some help or even talk to someone mm-hmm. it makes such a difference yeah, I totally agree And so what's been your career pathway to where you've got now? So you've talked about before, you said you've built a couple of businesses and worked corporate. What's been your journey? Yeah, so uh, I did my undergrad in psychology and sociology over, I'm originally from Canada, but I did that in Albuquerque, New Mexico. I then came to Australia where I did my master's of social work, headed back to America because I had a green card uh, where I worked in North Carolina as a licensed uh, mental health clinician there. Married the Tasmanian, came back over to Australia, lived in Tassie for a little while, and then moved officially back up into Queensland, which was fantastic. Um, So yeah, so I then worked with the government in various roles, but my last role was uh, working as a service integration coordinator for the Queensland government. And ultimately I was in charge of a two and a half to $3 million portfolio on, on any given year for those with severe mental illness and looking at how we were able to take the clinical side of treatment and mix it with the um, community side of treatment in order to allow people to leave hospital and not be in hospital to, to get better, but able to actually recover in the community. So that was my role to manage that portfolio between not-profits, treating teams, and family members. So that was a really cool role. Uh, You know, um, I was in that role for five years, uh, and I only finished that role three years ago. So I still worked 
full-time as a mental health clinician while I started my first business, which was an e-com business, um, where we focused on creating childhood memories through play, love, and travel. Uh, we started with zero products, zero followers, et cetera. And when we closed that particular part, uh, we had over 1,400 different products we were selling. Uh, I also was one of Australia's leading influencers. So I signed with Netflix, Club Meds, Hilton's, Woolies, Kohl's, Spotlights, and a variety of their brands. And that was a really great way because I learned the importance of different income streams. So I had one income stream through selling a product, but I had a secondary income stream of being able to also get paid to write and utilize my socials, which was a brilliant you know, opportunity. And if you are wondering, again, I do keep things very real. I'm not snoring. If your audience thinks it's me snoring, it's my bulldog grateful sitting underneath my feet and she's snoring. So I do apologize if you hear the snore in between things. It's not me, I promise. Um, and so then what happened is people want to start picking my brain. And as a social worker and as a person who's naturally a connector and a giver, I was like, oh, sure, I'll meet with you for coffee, even though I don't drink coffee. And sure, I'll drive 20 minutes, you know, I mean, one way or 30 minutes one way and then pay for my own Diet Coke and then get my time. And I was like, oh, my goodness, I can't keep doing this. And then I was like, oh, if I charge people for these sessions, I could actually have a secondary business. And that's how Angela Henderson came about. It was never on the playing cards, never even a thought. And then I just thought, well, I'll just start testing the idea. And then people started to pay me for my expertise. And now I am here three years in, I think, four years in, three years, 18, 19, yeah, three years in, I think. I have to do the math. Um, where, yeah, now, like I said, it started off. And now I work with uh, wonderful women, either one to one in my Action Takers Mastermind, Profit Pillars, or I also run Australia's leading women in business retreats. So, something that was never on the agenda, I was able to pivot, adapt, close down one business because it no longer brought me joy and served me and move to the other. And that's where I am today. Wow, what an amazing journey. And certainly you would be such a busy person in holding down a, a corporate job, so to speak, and then also then starting an e-commerce business at the same time. Like what made you start that business um, in the first place? I was playing with my son on the floor one day and I just remember looking at all the electric, uh, electronic toys that had been given to us. So it's like there's this purple ball and he put it in the mouth of this thing and then it blew whistles and colors. And I was like, this is great. But I was like, and don't me wrong, I do use iPads and yes, I have electronics. But I was like, hold on, he's only nine months or however old he was. I was like, surely there's got to be other toys. And as a social worker that works on fine motor skill, gross motor skill, prompting connection with family, creativity, imagination. I was like, there's going to be other things. So I start looking for wooden toys in particular that were made predominantly by stay-at-home moms because I wanted to be able to support them in their venture. So obviously I didn't have as much profit margin on those because they were making them. It wasn't mass produced. I still had that. And that was my unique point of difference. But then I also started to bring in bigger company lines too. So that was where it all started. Just looking at my son going, there's got to be other things that we can do to, you know, bring in other toys that, that you couldn't find in Kmart and your, um, targets and your stores I was in an advantage there you didn't have all the wooden toys that are in the stores now if I was an e-com baby business right now I think it would be very difficult to be competing with those bigger players because you can go to Kmart and get a product that I would be able to charge $80 for you could get it for 10 bucks now right so uh, you would have to really carve out your market I think nowadays uh, because of the competition with the bigger players so yeah so that's a little bit about where Finley and me started Wow, what a, what a journey. And how did you go in managing the juggle then between a young family and starting and growing a business? <laughs> it's 
starting a business isn't easy. Um, there's a lot there around mumpreneurs and that term, like it or lump it. Uh, but there's a lot of work that goes into um, starting a business, particularly with a young family. So how did you do it? I, mean, I think the first thing is, is you could actually, in my opinion, I was more productive when I worked full time than on many days now, right? Because I knew I, I was up at probably between four and five in the morning with the kids. I was out the door by 6.30 to do drop off. I was on the, no, I was typically on the road by 6.30, got to Ipswich by 7.30. I was working from 7.30 to 3.30. Didn't get home until about 4.30 because it was about an hour drive. Then I was on mom hat to around seven o'clock. And then from seven to 10 o'clock every night, I worked on the business. So I knew I only had three hours on any given day day just to hammer out what I did. So I was laser focused. Then I worked on the weekends too. So I started off with the markets. I wanted to be able to get my product into as many people's hands that I could. I did the turnkey service, which is like the pregnancy and baby expo where I went to all the metropolitan cities. Um, but working full time allowed me the opportunity to still have four weeks annual leave two weeks sick leave, one rostered day off a month. I then also bought four weeks of uh, purchase leave. Again, if you are working and you don't know about that, majority of companies have it, they just don't talk about it. So I bought four additional weeks of uh, purchase leave. So I was actually only at my job for seven and a half to eight months out of the whole year. So I was super strategic about making sure that I use all my sick leave, you know, that they don't want you to use any sick leave. Well, you know what, I've got kids and even if not, it's an entitlement. So if you are listening to this and you're thinking about, oh, maybe I do want to start a job, but I'm in corporate and what does that look like? You know, leverage your entitlements to your advantage is what I say. And that's what I did is I would take off if there was a public holiday on a Friday, I was sick on a Thursday. And then I had Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and sometimes I would be sick on Monday. So I would have five days just to crank out work, right? So you, you got to be strategic. And you, in some ways, you've got to be ruthless. And what I say is that so, oh, but I'm not really sick. Okay, but it's still an entitlement, right? Like, it's still you, you're not if you leave, they're not giving you that I know people who have like 1400 hours of sick leave. If you times that by the hourly rate, they're never going to get that money as a check when they leave, right? So be super strategic. And so that's what I did um, in order to, I was super strict on my time. I still was with my kids. And I also had to learn very early on, especially when I started to travel internationally for conferences and stuff, was, uh, well, first of all, people would say, oh my goodness, your husband's amazing. No, let's fucking stop right there. My husband's a sperm donor. All right. He's not a freaking babysitter. He is their father. So it is 100% okay for me to fly to America and for my husband to step up as the role as a father and take care of my children. So I had to learn very early on, uh, A, that there's going to be judgment, B, that people think husbands rule a roost. And I'm like, actually, we don't get praised to walk around any given day doing what we do. And three, that I had to switch the words balance to being present. Because if you look at the definition of balance is it's equal distribution of X, Y, and Z. Well, nothing of mine was being equally distributed. And that's where the guilt was stemming from. 
when I switched it from basically fuck balance and switched to when I'm in America, I am present in, in America doing whatever I'm doing to better myself, my life and my kids. When I am at seven o'clock at night in bed with my children reading books, I am present with them and my mobile phone is nowhere in the vicinity of what I'm doing with them. When I'm podcasting right now, if my kids were home, do you know what I mean? I would be, they would know the rules. Do not come in here. The sign is on. I'm podcasting. I'm present with the person that I'm podcasting. So again, switching that from balance to present is what has allowed me to also grow, but grow without guilt. Oh, that is such a good uh, analogy and a good way of thinking about it. And I think also some of these, even mum guilt, is, is it's a mental frame of mind about it is what I guess is what you're saying earlier about people making you feel guilty for, for feeling that way of going mm-hmm. and making trips and things like that. Because if a dad was flying to America, he wouldn't be made to feel guilty. It's only the mums that are made to feel guilty mm-hmm. of what society's told us that we should be doing. Exactly right. 100%. Yep. And you talk about mum guilt. How have you managed so is that by, and you said earlier, uh, kids are only part of your why, not all of it. Mm-hmm. What, how, what journey have you been on to, to get to that mindset? Listen, it was fairly earlier on in the piece when I start looking all this, do you know what I mean, balance and all this. And it was like, well, hold on a minute. I don't want to get to when my kids are 18 and they've left and I've lost my identity. And that was something that came up in Finley and me, because when I surveyed the women, we had about 4,000 women uh, complete this survey. And one of the number one kind of threads was... Um, this sense of like they've got a, the loss of themselves, the loss of who they were before they became mums. And I then I reflected on that myself. And I was like, actually, yeah, man, I am losing myself to, you know, kids games and doing this and that. And like, I love it, but it doesn't have to be everything. Right. And so that's when I was like, hold on a minute. Uh, I don't want to be I don't know how old I'll be 50, 52, whatever, when my kids leave and go, who the fuck am I? Do you know what I mean? Like, really, I, I don't want that. Now, I'm not, no judgment or whatever to those, do you know what I mean, that don't take this path, right? Everyone takes their own path. But all I'm saying is, is that wasn't what I wanted. I wanted to be able to know, hey, my kids are strong and they're on their own and they're doing well. Um, but I too am doing well and okay. And also that there'll be an element of transition and grief when the kids leave. It's that's a natural, do you know what I mean, empty nesters. But I was like, if I'm already... I'm not feeling lost, right? And and with my own identity, then surely it's not going to be as hard to transition um, into that next uh, phase of life. And also the different identities that you have um, in mm-hmm. becoming a mum with newborn and then school and, and everything else that goes along with it. That, uh, yeah, there's so much that you can get caught up in in, be- in becoming a mum. Um, and I recently as well surveyed um, a group of people around being a working mum and definitely identity shift is a big one um, about who am I now and my identity is different and then it's about restarting that and reframing it as well uh, about that. So uh, definitely um, it's an interesting one. And in starting Finley and Me, did you go through any imposter syndrome of thinking, well, I don't have an experience or a background in e-commerce and, and how did you work through it? Listen, I mean, imposter syndrome has never really come up. It's there, don't get me wrong. But it's one of those things that I'm just like, I believe as women, we have choice every single day when we get up. Choose to do something and take action or don't. But whatever you do, please don't go on social media and bitch about it, right? So for me, I was like, I have a choice to either go head in and figure this out and pay for a business consultant or do whatever, 
or don't do it, but stop bitching about your day job, right? Stop complaining about this and stop doing this. I was like, I really had to really strengthen my mindset around that. And since then, I'm pretty much full throttle. I always say, what's the worst thing that can happen? All right, I don't make a sale. All right. You know, even when COVID came, my family's like, oh my God, you're going to lose all your money. What are you going to do now? Blah, 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 blah. And I was like, I'll work at McDonald's. I'll go stock shelves. And they're like, what? And I'm like, everything is okay, right? Like it's, it's really not that big of a deal, but I think people make bigger deals of it than what they need to. And I think people aren't taking personal responsibility for, do you know what I mean, their future. So for me, was imposter syndrome, yes, of course, it obviously creeps in little bit by little bit, but I always just kind of go, do you know what I mean? Fuck it, let's rock and roll, right? So, you know, a lot of people are amazed when I talk about that. It's really black and white for me, right? It's um, I've had five significant people die in the last three years. My grandmother died on Christmas Day. My brother died on Mother's Day. A father type figure died on New Year's Day. Another friend died that same January, middle of January. And a best friend of mine just passed away a few months ago. So I've had significant death, like not like the neighbor down the road who you saw once a month. Like these are significant people in my world. Um, and people are like, yeah, but you carry it on. Yeah, that was a choice. Like I can still grieve when I'm sharing stories on podcasts. I can still grieve at the drop of a hat in a car. Do you know what I mean? And mm. a song comes on. I can still grieve. I'm not squashing the grief, but I also am going, they're not coming back. What else can I possibly do? How can I better the, my life for my kids and for my you know, for both my kids from a point of view is like my daughter and son, like what are the lenses that I can help shape them? Grieve when you need to grieve, but then also know that it's okay to keep going and kicking ass, right? So yeah, so, you know, it's, I'm pretty black and white. Make choice, take responsibility and keep rocking and rolling. Yeah, look, I I last year um, experienced um, quite significant pregnancy loss and and it's one of those things as well. A friend of mine said to me recently, oh, did you manage that really well? I said, yeah, I might look like it on the outside, but on the inside, there are some dark times. Trust totally. me, I've, I've cried, I've grieved, and and there are triggers and things. Uh, and I'm now not a. I don't mind if I burst into tears of something on TV in front of my husband because he knows that. Yep, there will be those triggers. Totally. But also, people may go, "Oh, look, you look really confident." I'm like, "Yeah, I might, I might sound it, but there's also times that, yeah, I can get into the corner and I will have a good cry, and, and also." Sometimes a good cry is actually just what the, what you need sometimes. Absolutely. I mean, it's it's there. It's happening for a reason. And I guess that's what, no matter where you are in your journey and career and business and momhood is you're right on time. There's, there's no wrongness about this. Do you know what I mean? Like you're right exactly where you need to be. Um, but if you want to do something different for where you're going, right? Choice, right? Like what do you want to choose on any given day? You know, you might want to choose to leave your husband. I'm not endorsing that, but you know, really you have to think about, I work, um, Denise Duffield Thomas is a good friend of mine and she talks about money mindset and she talks about upgrading in your life, right? Like what, what do you currently have that's economy class is what she talks about. So she's like, for example, a lot of women will just have, say, Kmart underwear. Okay, that's all right. But do you feel like economy class in your Kmart underwear? And a lot of women go, actually, I never thought of it like that. But yeah, I do. And so Denise is very big about like encouraging to make these upgrades, regardless if you're a businesswoman or you mean wherever, just as a woman in general. So where are you making these upgrades and making conscious decisions and choices to improve your overall well-being for your own health, but for the future of yourself, right? So she talks about these upgrades. But one of the upgrades is that she's like, yes, it might sound scary, but 
you might have to upgrade your friends because they no longer serve you and support you the way they need to. But she said, people in society aren't talking about this. You might need to upgrade your husband, do you know what I mean? Like, or your partner, right? She's like, it's, she said, because if you're living in a toxic, and I'm not even talking domestic violence situation, I'm just talking about your partner comes in and they're, oh, today sucked and this sucked and that sucked and blah, blah, blah. Do you know what I mean? It's like, man, it's called micro in indigenous culture. There's a thing called microaggressions, right? And so not the same as to that. But what I'm saying is, is and this is if you've got micro hits every day of negativity coming from the person, right? That's going to, you're eventually going to explode, right? So again, you've also, I, I think it's important for women that when you're making these choices that you also look at where do you need to upgrade yourself, right? Uh, and the people around you. It's such a great concept about upgrading, you know, certainly everyone wants the first class tickets if they could afford it. Totally. And it's also about incremental upgrading. It doesn't mean that you go from, I mean, God, I'm the last person to talk about fancy underwear, right? I'm sitting here in a hoodie and that's what I wear 99% of the time. But Kmart underwear to, I don't know, Versace underwear, right? Like you're probably not going to jump from the $2 undie pack to the $1,800 undie pack. I don't even know if they have that much, but you know what I'm saying? Like you're incrementally going to go, okay, I'm going to go from Kmart maybe to Victoria's Secret. And from Victoria's Secret, I'm going to go from here, whatever that is. Like it doesn't have to happen overnight, but when you put on those new underwear, right, you start to feel more confident. You start to have a bit more step in. You start to make better choices, but you also start to strengthen your mindset. And I think that's a lot of things that people understand estimate again regardless of your in corporate or whether or not your business is your mindset is vital for your overall well-being and I think also certainly as a mum, you there's so much about you know I should be doing this and I should be doing that and the society sometimes makes you think that I've got to be serving my kids 24 7 but again it comes back to that mindset of you know and also what you're saying earlier about identity about who do you want to be what kind of mum do you want to be what kind of family do you want to be your career and, and all different parts of your life you don't necessarily have to accept what society's trying to impose on you but also think about you for yourself Mm-hmm. Uh, and also about your mindset. And if you get your mindset, it's almost the core of everything I find mm-hmm. is what you said earlier about defining your why, mm-hmm. knowing what you're doing, why you're doing it, and can make it really shift it. Um, mm-hmm. And it can be so powerful. 100%. And um, you talked also earlier about joy and, and how, you know, Finley and me didn't bring you joy mm-hmm. anymore. How did you come to that conclusion and shutting down a successful business take some guts because people would be going, well, it's earning you some good income. Why would you shut something like that down? I mean, again, it's, it's about choice and about, again, for me, what lights me up. If my energy is doing something and it's sucking my energy, that more than likely is going to be, I'm a bit of a bitch as a mom. Uh, I probably am not sleeping as well. I'm probably just naturally, you know, I mean, not in a good frame of mind because I'm doing things that don't bring me joy anymore. Right. So if you're in a job right now and it freaking sucks, man, go and change it. Life is too short to keep doing shit. That does not bring you joy. So for me is, is, um, Finley and me served its purpose. You know, it went for almost 10 years. It, it did what it needed to do. I am where I am today because of it. But it's also okay to pivot. It's also it's pivot new jobs, pivot new roles, pivot new partners, um, pivot, do you know I mean, a variety of things. Do you mean, the exercise that you do, you can pivot and that it's okay to pivot. It doesn't mean you're a failure. It just means that it no longer lights you up. You know, I just had my three-year anniversary on my podcast, releasing one episode every week for, you know, the last three years. And that was a question that someone asked me is like, are you going to continue podcasting? And what I said on the podcast was, 
I'll continue to podcast if it continues to bring me joy. The minute it stops bringing me joy, I'll probably hang up the boots for it. But right now it serves its purpose. It lights me up. I love connecting with new humans. But again, I'll shut it down if I need to. It no longer serves me. So, so yeah, so I encourage people to think about where do you necessarily might need to pivot in your world in order to bring you more joy and to truly allow you to do what you want. Most people will say, <coughs> for example, when they come on a discovery call with me, I'll say, what do you want in your life? And they're like, oh, I want more money. Oh, I want more freedom. Oh, I want, say, the new Mercedes or I want a new house. Oh, and I say, okay, that's great. But those are external reasons. I then say, what would a new Mercedes and a new house and a new revenue of 100K allow you to have in your world that you don't currently have? And that's when I truly find out what their why is. And it's like, oh, I'll feel more confident about myself. I'll be able to feel like I'm an equal in my family because I can contribute back to the household. Um, I will make my kids proud knowing that they see my mom, they see their mom in another light. That's why they do what they do. Right. So I encourage people to kind of strip the onion layer back one and actually go, well, what would that, whatever your why is or your dreams are, but what will that allow you to have in that, in your world that you're currently missing? Yeah. It's going a few layers in rather than just, yep, I don't have to have that amazing house, but what's it going to actually do and provide you and your family as well. It's so powerful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And as well comes back to mindset. Mm-hmm. Oh gosh, 100%. You know, and the last when with all of these deaths, I knew that there was obviously healing that I needed to do. And I, and as an ex therapist myself, I was like, it's not therapy that can do what it needs to do. I didn't want to do talking therapy. So, you know, for example, the last 12 weeks, I've been doing hypnotherapy one hour a week for the last 12 weeks. I've been working with a uh, energetic healer. Uh, I've been working with a money coach healer. Um, I, there, I've been working with a body talk healer. There's a variety of different modalities that I've been working with. And it's mind blowing to me and really what's sitting underneath the, uh, in, in the in the subconscious area. And how are you finding that experience through the different types of healing? Oh God. Yeah. Like it's, I feel therapy is the first layer because you got to kind of talk about it and kind of get it out for some people. But if you really want to see transformational change, I believe, and even as a therapist myself, uh, they should be training people in their master's degree to understand how you can uh, enhance someone's um, wellness even more so by including other modalities. So hands down 100%. An example I use is, um, on one of the hypnotherapies for the last 12 weeks, we've been working on a theme around more ease into my world. But one of the things that came up is uh, I had a client say to me, <coughs> excuse me, she said, Ange, I have it. Um, I need some, you know, when I signed up for you one-to-one, I thought I was going to get these templates. And I was thinking, what is she? I never said templates in the sales call, but somewhere in her mind, she thought that templates equal value, right? So and I was like, no, I said, and then I was like, no, actually I've given you eight different templates, but I haven't, there's not like a, a resource of a hundred templates because I only give people what they need to consume in order to be able to do their business better. That's why I don't do a cookie cutter approach as a business consultant. But then I was thinking, oh my goodness. Well, if she thinks that there's not enough templates, are there other people thinking there's not enough templates? And it was like this kind of, and I was like, weird. And that's not like me. I've also never used the words, I am not enough ever they've never come out at me so I was saying because my hypnotherapist was like what's happened this week anything that's kind of like bothered you and I said oh, actually this incident you know it, it keeps coming up and she's like okay well let's kind of unpack that so inside of the hypnotherapy what she what she found out was was an incident that when I was 19 years of age um 
I was walking past the computer that my mom had on the ledge and I saw that it was open up. That's when like, on, like all the online dating was starting. My mom was just separated from my dad. And I saw that she's like, yeah, Angela's in medical school and Angela's doing this and Angela's doing this, but I was doing none of that. She actually had, do you know what I mean, made up a whole different version of who I was. And um, long story short is it was that incident that equivalent to that I'm not enough. So when that client brought that up, that was actually what the problem, the root of the problem was, was that I actually thought I wasn't enough, even though I hadn't verbally said I'm not enough because I'm not providing enough templates in the subconscious, that's exactly what it was. And so until you can actually get to the root of what's going on and then pull the root up out of the ground, it's going to keep reappearing in your world. So for me, it's, yeah, hypnotherapy in particular has been nothing but game changing. Oh, wow. That's such a powerful, powerful message, particularly as what we were speaking about earlier before around mental health and really unpacking it and being able to speak to people. Um, it's certainly mm. so valuable as well. And over the last couple of years, I've seen a real increase in particularly mothers looking to start and run their own uh, businesses because they want their flexibility with children. Mm-hmm. What advice and tools and tips or anything do you have that people can start a business but obviously not work the crazy 60-plus hours a week and, and have that financial freedom when it comes back to their why? Because usually the why is that women want to be around for their kids and they also want to contribute to, to their households uh, and don't necessarily want to be tied into those corporate roles. Listen, what I first would say is, uh, how would I say this? What I would first say is no matter what, there's going to be hard work in the business. And you probably will be working 40 to 60 hours at the beginning. Now, I'm not encouraging that from a point of burnout. But what I'm saying is there's a level of reality um, I mean, that's fact. Like I, I, there's an element of working hard, right? So what I say though is, is, is you have to figure out again, what is it that you need in your life from a financial resource? Is it be able to do X, Y, and Z? So if you genuinely just want to be able to replace your corporate income, then figure out what potentially could you do that would allow you to replace your corporate income and do it fairly at ease. I'll give you an example. I'm working with a dentist at the moment. She came to me on January 28th at time of recording. It's the 30th of June. So she's been with me now for five months. She came to me. (coughs) She's also a childhood entertainer. So she does like live musicals and things like that. So she's had this idea to take dentistry and the musical side and create this program, a 45 minute program that can go into daycare centers and teach kids about preventative health care, but from a place of entertainment. So I was like, okay. Now, she is not a mom, so I want to make sure that we're clear about that. But she is in school still. She is doing working as a dentist still. She's still carrying many hats that she's having to do. And we figured out, okay, well, what does it, what do you want or what would you need to live off of? And we figured out a number and what would make you happy without having to do more scale. And she's like, yep. So we created our website, we created our messaging, we created our branding, we created her products, um, we created the outreach template. She had zero followers, zero email lists, zero everything. Um, And she messaged me today uh, at around noon to say that we've hit her conversion rate is 6% and we're already now hitting five figure months. Wow. So again, but we had to reverse engineer what, how much money did she need? What did that look like? And why was she doing what she was doing, right? So she isn't on social media all day, but she's got a skill set and a product. And that's the first thing I would say is after that is if you have a shit product, I cannot um, 
change a turd. A turd still smells like a turd. It looks like a turd. It feels like a turd. It's still a turd, right? So I think there's this false security when people are like, just leave your corporate. I'm here to tell you actually don't leave your fucking corporate. Please don't leave your corporate unless you've got an inheritance or a very lucrative bank account. The amount of stress I see at places on families that don't have those variables is so bad that it's, it breaks marriages up. Uh, genuinely, right? The fi- I've seen people almost literally come to me who are almost bankrupt because of how they've been spending based on bad advice, right? And then come to me and go, can you save me? I'm like, actually, man, I, I can't help you in this situation. Like you're in so deep, it's bad, right? Um, so don't leave the corporate, stagger your corporate dismissal as in, and not getting dismissed. But what I'm saying is, is if you're working five days a week, ask to work four days a week and still have your sick leave, your whatever, and then leverage your sick leave. So now you might only be working three days a week, right? Or if you've got long service leave, I've got a client at the moment, she has 12 months of long service leave. And she keeps saying, and there's so much I want to do, but I don't have enough time. I said, again, you got choice here. So what we're doing with Sally in particular is Sally's actually going to be putting in for six months of long service leave so we can grow that part of the business. And when she goes back, she won't go back five days. She's only going to go back three days. Right. So it's not an easy answer, but you need to understand why you're wanting to leave corporate and what does that look like? How much money do you actually need to bring in in order for the family household not to be compromised? Right. And again, you're going to need a strong product because no one can polish a turd like that's the reality. I love I love the analogy of, you know, you can't polish a turd. It's it's so good. And and I think it's it's some great advice because there's so much you see out there. Oh, no, you can have a have this business, but there's a hell of a lot of work that goes in in the start to, to build it up that it's it's not necessarily if you've got the the dream uh to make that transition over time but yeah you can't get there overnight leave leave today and tomorrow you've got a five or six figure month no it doesn't i mean because if it was like that we would all be millionaires and nobody would be in corporate that's the reality right like in this particular business i'm a multi-six-figure business owner i haven't hit seven figures in a year cumulatively i have hit seven figures but not in jimmy in a july 1 to june 30th um And I'm here to tell you, like, I also have team, right? So I've got a podcast team. I've got a web developing team. I've got a copywriting team. I've got a graphic design team. um, I've got an SEO team. I've got a Facebook ads team, a Pinterest team. Now, when I say team, they're not full 40 hour a week jobs, but they're people that I'm outsourcing to and because it's not my zone of genius, right? But when I started, I was doing all of those jobs and I had to make sure I understood all those components so that when I did bring people on board, I could make sure they were doing what they say they were doing, right? So again, unless you've got copious amounts of money, stagger your, do you know what I mean, kind of farewell from your job and use the entitlements that you have to your advantage to grow the business and then step back from it. But if not, seriously consider the pressures that will put on your uh, mental health, um, your marriage, your relationship with your children. Like, I'm not trying to discourage people from doing it, but I actually want to paint a picture of reality because I don't think people paint it well. No, and there's certainly a reality there. Like I know from a personal experience that, you know, I'll be watching, say, TV with my husband or something and or even last night he's playing Xbox and I'm on the computer working away or mm-hmm. went off later and editing a podcast. Like it's work, it's commitment that you do make some sacrifices. And I guess it comes back to what you are saying earlier as well around choices. You are making choices about where you're willing to carve out some time to start your business because um, you know what the end game is about where you want to go. 
100%. And I mean, that's the thing is, is I know I worked weekends and I work long time, but I also focus again, when I was with my kids, I was present, right? And, you know, I always say, gosh forbid, if I die tomorrow, but, you know, I genuinely believe genuinely that my kids would go, she was there, she was present, right? And so I think that's like, you have to genuinely ask yourself, like, don't get me wrong, there's seasons where like, I'm bit like, I'm in the middle of launching my new program everyday payday. And it's busy, it is like full on. But as soon as they walk in, we sit at the dinner table together, we will play a board game together, or do a quiz together, we will cook together, we will read together. But they also know when I'm in here, I'm in here and that it's okay to be in here, right? So sometimes you do have to sacrifice <coughs> different things, but it's not forever. It's only becomes forever if you allow that habit, uh, do you know what I mean, for, forever. And the thing is, is the reality of it is, is business is an addiction, or I should say it can be an exact same form of an addiction, right? You know, I don't smoke marijuana. I don't do drugs. I don't drink. I don't smoke cigarettes because my whole entire family are addicts. Um, however, 100%, I'm very aware that my business is very much like an addiction. I could keep doing, going and going and going if I wanted to, because I love what I do so much that like, it lights me up. There's, there's not a lot, but I have to actively choose to make sure my brain stops and I start to be present where it is necessary and that they become my priority. It's creating those boundaries. Mm -hmm. Which are, which are so, so important. And how has having your own business given you freedom and flexibility with your family? And listen, I don't think it's really changed much because I still really much did the same amount of thing. But I'd say is probably where it's made the biggest difference is that I don't have to ask a boss, can I take this time off to go do X, Y, and Z? Um, you know, I can freely take a morning just to go and like my son Finley, he's in year six. So they had like something they were teaching the other morning. And in my brain, yes, three hours away from the office when you're in the middle of launch is a lot of time, right? But I was like, hold on though. This is his last year of grade six. This is his last year in, you know, um, what do we call it in Australia? Primary, Primary school. school. Yeah. yeah, right. Like this was important for him. And it was also, I so I went, but rewind two weeks before that. He had a, um, what the hell are they called? He's very into sports. It was like a sports day, like not a carnival day where all of school, but he was selected to be on a particular team for, I think, I don't know, touch footy or something like that. And so I went there and gosh forbid, I hope no, no one from that school is listening, but I went there and I was the only parent there. And there was two kids with mobile phones and their parents had said they were coming. Oh. And then they call, they called and said, sorry, we're still busy. And the look on their faces solidified for me exactly why I take that time off. Now, again, I don't, they could have been a, an anesthetist and they got a patient who was in critical, like I can't, do you know what I mean? They're not, not a judgment place from there, but to be there and see their little faces, I was like, that was a reminder for me to say like, when I show up and I'm present with Finley and he knows I'm coming, that as much as sometimes I'd like to stay at this office plotting a lot, do what I'm doing, that I need to stop and just keep going, right? Like, uh, they're my priority too, right? So <clears throat> again, ask yourself those questions, you know, it's easy again to cancel this or do this, but sometimes, and that's why the, this having your own business does allow you that because that's why I went into business was to be able to attend their school events, was to be able to, um, you know, pick them up if needed or whatever. So again, going back to why am I doing what I'm doing? Uh, and that was part of it. And I needed to stay a reminder of that and stay true to that.
No, that's certainly helpful uh, and, and certainly a good reminder. Um, did your why change a lot when you left corporate? Um, I mean, I think, again, the why of being around with the kids, but my why ultimately is, is really comes down to this, is there's a transgenerational pattern in my family that my grandmother, my grandmother didn't speak to her mother, my mother didn't speak to my grandmother, and I don't speak to my mother. And so my why is, 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 is a little bit different than what you typically may hear, but my why really is about breaking the transgenerational patterns in my family so that my daughter and I have a healthy relationship moving forward, and that if she if she has a daughter later on, that relationship has been mirrored. And so uh, that's my why predominantly. My second part of my why for being in business is <laughs> about allowing women to have the tools, community and resources they need to grow sustainable and profitable businesses. So I'm here to make a bigger shift around wealth for women, because if we can get more wealth into the hands of women, we don't only just change our own homes, we change community and we change the world because women are more likely to distribute wealth back into community than men are the data set shows that. So yes, yeah, so my whys are slightly different. I didn't really look at my why from that perspective and start until I started to do a lot of my internal work you know, over the last few years in particular, and the why shifted. Uh, but yeah, that, that's really what I'm here is so that I can work on that relationship with Chloe. Um, and that again, we're getting wealth into the hands of women. Oh, that's so powerful and so motivating as well to, to really help and support others. And I guess that's been a theme of, uh, of your career so far. Mm-hmm. And you certainly have built a thriving community uh, of women online. And yes, I am a part of uh, your free Facebook group. And as I said at the start, I do listen to your podcast. What have been some of your secrets to, to see your, your success that you believe? Listen, I mean, I think again, as I just did an Instagram reel today about uh, conversations it's my 3C method, conversations equal connections, which equal conversions. The more, too often people are worried about everyone, everything is a transaction, a transaction, a transaction, a transaction, and people are forgetting that people are humans. And more so than ever before, there is one of the biggest disconnect in Western culture, particularly first world countries, where we have more tools and more technology than ever before, but people are more disconnected than they've ever been before. So I've always been about creating community and that even in my free Facebook community, if someone comments, my team is either to like a comment or leave a comment because no one should get left behind. I don't ever want anyone to feel like they're just a number to me. So, I mean, yes, we've got 8,000 members inside my community. I don't necessarily, I can't necessarily go and comment, but my team can comment, right? To make sure that, you know, they're not, they're, they're not just leaving something and it's unnoticed that I, I appreciate them taking that time to contribute back. So to me, community has been one of the primary reasons. The second thing I would say is the essence of power of uh, pay to play. And what that is, is that you can continue to Google everything on your own and continue to do it all your own, like yourself. (laughs) And that works for so long, but you're exchanging time for money at that stage. So for me was the essence of, I started off by paying $10 to go to events, then $20, then $1,000 for a ticket. Then I paid $13,000 for a mastermind. And just recently I just dropped $45,000 on a coach to work with him for the next six months, right? Like it didn't start that way. But when you start to pay a little bit to invest in your business, you start to pay attention. And I also believe that when the transaction occurs, the transformation takes place and people start to transform. So for me, it's the essence of building community and treating people like human beings, which is also another tool called human to human marketing. Or I'd also equally say the power of pay to play is in, do you know what I mean? Little by little, uh, you start to grow. 
Oh, that's so exciting. And what would you tell your younger self about the journey of, of being a mum and also running two successful businesses? Listen, I mean, I don't know what else I would really say, really. Like, I'm pretty... I mean, it's not trying to be, oops, cocky or anything, but like, man, I just have always just fucking gone for it. There hasn't been much, do you know what I mean? That's like really held me back. Um, I mean, if anything, I'd probably say, though I figured it out, the essence of sometimes you need to slow down in order to speed up is probably what I would say my to my younger self is that there's an essence of those seasons I was talking about where you in, but sometimes, like I said, you can get hooked into those seasons and sometimes you've got to slow down or being able to pivot. Right. So again, I pivoted with Finley and me into this particular thing. Uh, and I probably <coughs> would have pivoted a little bit earlier if I would have probably known more about that concept earlier. So I'd probably say, yeah, sometimes you have to slow down in order to speed up. Uh, that's very good. And what do you do for self-care? Listen, dude, I'd love to say that I'm off baking or making candles or binge watching Netflix. But the reality of it is most times uh, when travel was here, I would be I traveled to two, three, four different countries a year. Obviously, that hasn't happened to so travel. It's a big part of my self-care uh, traveling in Australia. I just don't find it adds the element that I like. I still don't feel I disconnect completely because I still feel like I'm in Australia, obviously. Um, but most times than not, you'll still see me plodding along on my business, right? Like I, I just love what I do. And if you followed me for any stage, you'll know I've got this passion. So yes, I could binge watch Netflix. Of course I could do that. Or I can read a business book and still do you know what I mean. It lights me up and brings me joy. Right. So, you know, uh, yeah, I'd love to say I've got any magical things, but I just say, you know, there's a lot of people saying don't read business books when you're a business owner because, you know, open up your creativity. I just do whatever the fuck you want to do. I don't want to make candles. I don't want to join a marathon. That's for damn sure. Do you know what I mean? Uh, you'll never see that on my Instagram. If you ever see me posting that I've signed up for a marathon, you know, someone has attacked my body because that will never happen. Right? So, um, just do. Yeah. Like I said, self-care. I think self-care can have this wrap around. It's got to look about, I don't know, like I have a lot of massages, um, but yeah, find what self-care is for you. And it's okay if you choose to still do bits and pieces of your business or read a business book and, you know, you're not completely disengaged because it lights you up. And that's the main thing, certainly of what I take away from today is do what sparks joy in your life and, and what lights you up, you know, life's too short to drink bad wine. Mm -hmm. Absolutely, my friend. <laughs> and where can we hear more about you and uh, for all the exciting things that you've got coming up in your business? Yeah, I mean, I always say the best part is depending on what you need as a woman is to head to my website, which is AngelaHenderson.com.au. And then from there, you can decide if you want to join my Facebook community, if you want to come to my retreat, if you want to listen to my podcast, like you can just go to the you know website and consume the content or you can follow me over on Instagram at Angela Henderson Consulting. Fantastic. Well, thank you so much uh, for this chat. It's been so helpful, very insightful. Uh, I think people will definitely walk away thinking about what they're doing, why they're doing it, not necessarily about the material aspects, their identity, uh, the concepts around upgrading. And, and you've certainly got a choice about what you're doing and, and don't necessarily listen to what people are telling you should be doing about really, as you say, what sparks joy in your life. And I think that's, that's so important. And uh, I know that a lot of people are going to get a lot of value out of this. So thank you so much, Angela. It's been an absolute joy to speak with you and I have to say it's been a as I said at the start bit of a fangirl moment for me because I've listened to your podcast for a very long time so thank you so much. Oh, sure. Thank you so much for having me I hope you have an awesome day. 
Thank you for listening to the Working Mama podcast. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Spotify, or your favorite podcast catch-up. I invite you also to join the Working Mama community on Facebook and join in the conversation with other like-minded working mums. Please also feel free to contact me on any of the Working Mama social channels. Remember, Mama is M-U-M-M-A or website www.workingmama.com.au. I would appreciate you to share this podcast with friends and colleagues, especially those that are parents managing the juggle. And I would really appreciate if you had to take the time out to leave a review of the podcast. I'll be giving a shout out to select people that do so. So stay listening and you might be one of them. Thank you and see you next time. Have a great week. Thank you.